Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Everybody, I'd like you to meet my date, Dr. Lilith Sternen, MD, PhD, EDD, APA. Boy, it sure isn't spelled like it sounds. and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and joining me for the first time to discuss an historic episode that shall be made clear later on, please welcome Danny Ulrich to the show. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. Your flattery is uh, both obligatory and specious. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's the, that's the proper response to that. Um, we're going to talk about a really good episode in a few minutes, but before that, it's your first time on the show, so you get the same origin story question. How and when did you discover Cheers? So I am uh, one of the people that had watched the show from the beginning. Now, when I say I watched from the show from the beginning, when it first aired, I was very young in school, so it was on a school night, and so I was not allowed to stay up and watch it. Uh, but my mom was a big fan, so even though I was in bed, I could hear her laughing during the show. So I had yeah. to watch the show. I, I wanted to, you know, find out what she's laughing at. <laughs> uh, so when I didn't have school the next day, I was able to watch those episodes. And then as the summer came around, then I got to watch them on reruns and everything. And and I became a fan mainly through my mom because a lot of things I, I enjoy. Uh, whether it's movie or TV shows, my mom helped introduce a lot of those things to me. Um, so it's very close for me. So I was a fan all the way through. And then when I got to near the uh, early 90s for me, um, I got to a point in my life where I didn't have cable. And then I didn't have a VCR to record off. I was a poor college student. So I mainly just watched it off of regular TV. So I'd have to be home in order to watch it. So um, at the end of the last few seasons of Cheers, I didn't watch it as regularly just because I was not home. If I wasn't home, I didn't get to watch it. So um, today people have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, so um, so I eventually did catch the whole show in syndication, whether it was on syndicated or um, Nick at Night, back when Nick at Night used to run it yep. uh, constantly. Um Things like that. So, and I have seen the show a few times streaming since then. But now, I'm, once your podcast started up, I started watching episode by episode, going along to your next show. So, I've been following along with you as you are publishing it. So, I appreciate it, and I thank you for inviting me onto the show as well. Well, that's very cool, and I, I thank your mom actually for being such a, yeah. an informative so, part. That is really cool. Yeah, so that's the other thing that's kind of personal to me. Um, my mom, um, right now, unfortunately, she has uh, real bad dementia. Um, and when I was just home um, at the end of July, um, she can verbalize a little, but not that much. Um, and when you look at my mom, you can see that she recognizes you and sees you. and uh, But she really can't communicate very well with you. Um, but to like, kind of like just relax and be together, I would put on cheers. Uh, I would pop it on one of the streaming places and, and hearing the studio audience laugh and I would laugh, she would laugh. <laughs> so 
you know, it's that little connection that we uh, still have, even though yeah. I think they call people, unfortunately, with dementia, the, the long goodbye. Yeah. I think it's... I've heard of that term. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, I know how it feels and everything. And um, but, you know, I still love her. She's still my mom. And I know she loves me and I know she recognizes me. I'm, I'm her little baby boy. Um, so that's the, it's always going to be that way. So, you that's, know, Cheers is one of those shows that, you know, we still connect with. That is, that's beautiful. That is really, really, really cool. Really special. Yeah. Things like uh, all, Alzheimer's and dementia, they're, they're very cruel illnesses. Um, way like yeah. my, my dad's oldest sister, my aunt Mary, who I loved, uh, and she was a brilliant woman. She was a college professor. Her husband worked in Chicago in housing and urban development. They actually knew the Obamas before he was a state senator. Um, and and she, yeah, just this brilliant woman. But she got dementia and like like she couldn't recognize her own kids. Um, she finally she, she she got COVID. She survived COVID, but then ended up just passing uh, just a, a few months ago. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's, anyway, the fact that you're, that you still have that connection with your mom over Cheers is really, really uh, extraordinary. That's so cool. Yes. So cool. So. Yes. All right. Let us get into this episode. We are now at season four, episode 17, the second time around. This episode is written by Sherry Eakin and Bill Steinkellner, directed by Thomas LaFaro, Yes, you heard that right. This episode was not directed by Jim Burroughs. Uh, talk a little bit more about that uh, coming up. The original air date, Thursday, January 30th, 1986. Trying to put his disastrous relationship with Diane behind him, Fraser brings a date to Cheers. The woman, Dr. Lilith Sternin, is cold, emotionless, and seemingly immune to the wit and charms of not just Fraser, but everyone at the bar. Needless to say, the date goes poorly and Lilith leaves, probably never to be seen again. To make Fraser feel better, Sam sets him up with one of his fun-loving party girls, Candy Pearson. While Fraser is initially enticed by Candy, his self-esteem plummets yet again when he realizes she's only there out of the pity of Sam and the others. But Candy plucks Fraser up from the depths of despair, regardless, and the two of them go to dinner. Sixteen hours later, they return to Cheers, now engaged to be married that night. Diane stops the wedding and pulls Fraser, Candy, and Sam into Sam's office. She confronts Fraser for making the same mistake she made with Sam, using his physical attraction to Candy to blind him to their deficits in personality and intelligence. Fraser throws psychoanalytic barbs back at Diane, but when Candy tries to voice her own opinion, Fraser snaps at her. Only then does he realize that he wasn't treating her as a real person he wanted to know, merely an object to make himself feel better. Fraser and Candy leave, vowing to get to know each other better before they wed, at least spending the whole weekend together. Sam then tells Diane it's up to the two of them to appease the crowd expecting a wedding. She assumes he's proposing to her, until he says he just meant that they have to serve drinks. All right, Danny, what did you think about this episode? The main reason I picked this episode was because of Lilith being introduced. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, it, and it's a little more of a Frasier episode, um, which I'll go into why I think later on, you know, employee of the week. But um, it's just that it's starting to 
bring Frazier into being a regular. Uh, mm-hmm. Up to this point, he's mostly just been a side character. Even in this episode, he's still listed as a guest star at the end. You know, he's not as part of the regular team yet. But I think they started to see things in this character, and they're like, we need to do more with him. And so I think this episode, and I know there was two before this, uh, The Triangle, I believe it was called, um, where they were trying to bridge him more into the series. And so this one is more of a Frasier alone episode, even though the other characters are still involved. The main plot involves Frasier mm-hmm. and his love life, which is basically most of the entire run of Frasier's series itself is Frazier and his love life. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just starting that up and introducing Lilith, which now later on, as you become a fan of the show, you uh, become a fan of her just because of their chemistry together. Um, even though they're supposed to be so intellectual and um, there's something to, between the two of them, even though they don't want to admit it. And it's sort of like, I don't know if you would say it's Sam and Diane because it's not the sexual chemistry, it's more of like, what is it about this person that annoys me so much, but I'm somehow attracted to that person? <laughs> yeah, everything, everything you said, I agree with. And like, just that, that was one of my first notes too. I was like, this is really the, like one of the first times we're seeing, we can build a show around Frasier. Frasier can take the lead. And you're right. At this point, he is not a regular on the show, but it seemed like at this point between, you're right, the, the triangle episode and this one, they're like, can we make him a regular? Can he, can he fit in this world long term? And I think we've seen a few episodes like that, like in the third season. Again, when he was coming in as a foil for Sam, as this romantic rival, as just Diane's date, who would have nothing to do with guys like Norman Cliff. But when you got to an episode like The Heart is a Lonely Snipe Hunter, it's like, okay, this guy kind of does work well in this setting, as different as he is. It's kind of fun to see him play off of them because they're so different. And that's like, yeah, even though we know Frazier and Diane are going to break up, we want to bring him back. We need a reason for him to stay. So you can argue about how successful they were in coming up with reasons to keep him in the bar for this season. But now that they're like, yeah, he works as this guest star, but we've we've now had a couple episodes that really hinge on his and his emotional catharsis and his his you know just as a lead like he he works we need to keep him and i think an episode like this really shows why they made the move to make him a regular in the following season and keep him going in the same character for the next like you know 15 you know <laughs> 20 years or something yes <laughs> yeah um, and the other thing that you mentioned, yeah, this is the first appearance of Lilith, and it's kind of funny because it's it's sort of buried inauspiciously in an episode with Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly is Candy Pearson, and she's the, this great guest star. Yes, uh, and just the season before this, um, I knew Jennifer Tilly from Hill Street Blues because they had a, a story arc with one of the characters, Henry Goldblum, on there, where she was uh, a mob's. Uh, wife and the mobster dies in the precinct and she becomes sort of like getting all the power and then well spoiler alert for you know almost a 40 year old show but mm-hmm. she gets murdered at the end right when they were gonna get married to each other um but it's it, it she was playing that sort of 
sex pot type of role as yeah. well as in, as in this one because she's got that breathy uh, Betty Boop style uh, of acting that she can do. Now, she's broadened that out even more with uh, the whole Chucky franchise. Oh, sure. Yeah, really, yeah. Yes, which I really enjoy. <laughs> I mean, I think, she, I think she's a good actress. I mean, I, I enjoy her uh, in the Chucky films and I like bound as well i right? love that i'm so glad you mentioned yeah. that's one of my favorite movies. i like everybody thinks of the like the matrix as the wachowski brother well now the wachowski sisters um mm-hmm. but the movie they did before that bound with her and gina gershon yes i love that movie yeah i agree uh i had that movie still um it's on one of my laser discs yeah so. <laughs> um she was in the remake of the getaway with alec baldwin and kim basinger yes. Um, she one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite parts. She was in Woody Allen's Bullets Over Broadway, um, with uh, with um, John Cusack and, and uh, Chaz Palminteri. She was a phenomenal part in that one. I think. Yes. Maybe got she a got guess. an Oscar nomination. She got, yeah, she yes. got a guess, uh, uh, supporting actress nomination for yes, that. She did. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't win, but I, I can't remember who won that that year. But I, I remember that she did get an Oscar nomination mm. from it. So. Yeah, phenomenal. And then, um, and then we can't skip BB Newworth. I mean, I don't want to just skip over her because uh, I think also first time I ever seen her in something was on this show. Well, um, it was until you later, and if, then I yeah. saw more on the Tonys and stage and things like mm-hmm. that, and I was like, oh. I didn't know she was a Broadway star yeah. that came onto this show. If so. you were watching this one in real time, actually, wait, did I say, did I give the correct release date on this I episode? I think it's actually a week later. He I did. I forgot to change the release date. Okay, so, yeah. So Go ahead and that. I, it was, I, it's, it's February 6th uh, of that. And the reason, uh, it's like four days after my birthday. So oh, nice. I was, I was born on Groundhog Day. So. Okay. Well, the funny thing, like, I should have had that in my notes because I, I did have some. Yeah, I just I forgot to add the week to to the release date. Yeah, um, but the thing is, on February sixth, nineteen eighty six, BB North made her television debut twice. She appeared on this episode of Cheers, and on the same night, she was in an episode of Simon and Simon. Like those were okay, her first well, two credits, and they aired on the same night. So. Oh, well, see, that's why I didn't watch it because I was watching NBC that night. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, so. watching Simon and Simon. <laughs> yeah. um, but she'd also been, as you said, she was. She had been on Broadway. She was in a chorus line in 1980 and then uh, Little Me. Uh, in 1986, the same year as this, she appeared in Sweet Charity and she won the Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in a Musical. Uh, in 1996, she won another Tony Award for starring in Chicago. Um, she's played... As, as we will see next year, she come this this character that you would think would be a throwaway character gets comes back and has this second life, um, and that's that's funny. Like I, I kind of want to just speak on like the dichotomy between the Lilith portion because Lilith comes in just as the opening act. She's there for like three minutes, makes a huge impression in those three minutes, but then it would have been very easy to forget about her if she never came back. We remember her because Lilith kind of looms larger than life in the series because she becomes a regular and she's so connected to Frasier. If that never happened, it would be very easy to forget her in this role and just think about, oh yeah, this is the Jennifer Tilly episode. And I compare it to the first season episode, Diane's Perfect Date, which is the first episode that introduces Andy Andy. That character, Andy, steals the show. But if you go back and watch that, the beginning of that episode, Diane has this date with a guy who counts the words or the letters in her sentences. 
And that bit is hilarious. That could have been the whole show, that little bit. But it's dismissed in the first couple of minutes, and then you get this Andy Andy character. And I kind of feel like this is the same type of thing. They created this wonderful little gag that exists for a couple of minutes with Lilith and how robotic and unwarm she is to Frasier. And then it's dismissed, and we replace her with somebody else who's going to steal the show in Jennifer Tilly. And it's just kind of funny that retroactively Lilith will become the more important character and Candy Pearson will be forgotten. But yes, I just exactly. I find that parallel kind of funny. Yeah, and they and the reading Jennifer Tilly's uh IMDB, she was later on in Frasier, so but a different character, but similar role from what I read. I'll have to go back and, and see what episode it was on Frasier because I, yeah, I don't I think it was one of the last I think it was one of the last episodes of the series that she came in. And okay. it was it was kinda like a similar part where he was he just needed to be distracted from whatever current woes was going on in his romance. But yeah. Right. Yeah. As I mentioned, this was the first episode of the series not directed by Jim Burroughs. It was directed by a guy, Thomas LaFaro, who was uh, Burroughs' assistant director, and he did the second unit directing, which I don't know what that entails on a sitcom, um, but he's credited as the second unit director for like the first eight, eight, eight or nine seasons of the show, like almost 150 episodes. Um, he, he served that function. I, I, this is a guess on my part. And most of the comps, when I've seen, like, the behind the scenes, they'll tape it, and the main director's there, and they have everything. But if, uh, in editing process, something doesn't go right... Is there pickups or, or something, something Yeah, and I think that's what the second unit does, is does those inserts or pickup shots, whatever the case might be, and they'll might throw a lat track in there. Probably. So that would be my guess. So And then I'm not sure what happened to James Burroughs that day. Maybe he had... Too much other work going on at that time, and he said, "I can I get a week off?" And that's what they gave it to this gentleman. Then could have been he could have been directing a pilot for another series or something. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he did a lot of those things. Um, but this guy, his assistant director Thomas Lafaro, would direct five episodes of Cheers in total over the next couple of years. Um, can't remember, but those might be the only five that Burroughs doesn't direct. I don't remember if somebody else directs a couple, because now I can't think of how many. I can't think yeah, of how I... many episodes aren't directed by Burroughs. Um, anyway, so I, I, I fell into the trap where I was writing my notes. I was just basically transcribing it, because this is such <laughs> a quotable episode, and I don't want to do that too much. I don't want to just... I want people to watch this episode and not just have me reading the, the, the jokes to you. Um, but yeah, it starts with... The teaser is okay. Uh, Cliff comes in with a batch of Ma's homemade pretzels and he gives them to the guys. The, they look terrible. Like, they're not they're not twisted or twirly or anything. That's no, like... they look like uh, Greek alphabet. That's what they <laughs> yeah. look like to me when I first saw them. I like the you pulled out the Omega, I mean Omega symbol, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And it's like, what would you use to describe these? And Norm was like, filling. He's like, okay, they're filling. He's like, no, I just broke one or something like that. And, and they're like, Woody is making this joke about how he has to spit it out and even, like, Sam doesn't even say anything, but it just ends with Sam just throwing the batch of pretzels into the garbage. <laughs> yes. So I like it. So. Yeah, I don't know what what Cliff went in the back with pretzels to the feed it to the people playing pool. So when they came back, I'm just wondering: Did Sam like, oh, we loved it so much, we ate it all? And <laughs> yes. is an empty container? Because so, I know he comes back later. You know, he's got more, and they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He talks about how much how much they mean to Ma and everything like that. <laughs> um, but anyway, as the as the episode opens up, we get this thing. With, we get Lilith, and Fraser introduces her as Doctor Lilith Sternin, M.D., Ph.D., E.D.D., A.P.A., and 
God, Woody, and this was such a coach line too. Coach could have done this, but Woody's like, "Boy, it sure isn't spelled like it sounds." <laughs> um, yes. We find out uh, for any any trivia that people might want to know later on. Fraser and Lilith met at a chemical dependency seminar, <laughs> and she says she critiqued his drinking as going beyond social, and and he tries to shut that down, or he tries to joke about you know ordering too much to drink, and she's just not having the humor, the joke, and everything like that. Um, and yeah, she when Sam offers white wine to the charming lady, she's like yeah, she the line that you gave us at the beginning, your flattery is obligatory and specious, and Sam was like, thank you. <laughs> if you and I don't know if you caught this or not, and I'm not sure if it was an error, mm. uh, because when he goes to serve the beer to Fraser, he says Woody. He says a beer for Woody and a champagne for the, um, and that's what he says, the lovely lady. And then she makes a comment. So I don't know if he meant to say Woody or if he was trying to say Woodman or something. Mm. I'm not sure exactly, but it slipped through, and I I had to rewind it twice just to make sure that I did I. Did he say that right? And they even on you know, captions it shows it says Woody. Hmm. So I'm not sure why. You know, they just let it go. You know, something we catch later on. Well, <laughs> oh, maybe he was asking him to serve it, but it, yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. So. No. Um, I like that throughout the throughout the interaction, like with, with uh, Fraser and Lois. You know, and they they go through their whole thing. Like he he as much is. And, and, and like admits that he's hoping that they'll drink enough to lower their inhibitions, go back to her place for sex, and she says that's not going to happen. But I love that while they're talking, it just cuts away and we see Sam and Norm just watching this, yes. and I I love that. It's a bit of sort of verisimilitude, but it's also a little bit like I love like shows that feature an act of voyeurism when <laughs> we actually see characters watching other things happen. It, it kind of like makes it like feel like, yeah, this is an interesting conversation. Like they, this is part of their daily thing. It's just like watching the interactions of each other's lives and playing it out. And and they're like, yeah, Fraser, is this one going to go well? It's like, no, this woman has not given him anything. But they all have to be watching because Diane's sort of watching, even mm-hmm. though she's not in the, in the shop because she hears the conversation as she's working. And the same thing with caller. She, Here's the conversation while she's working because they both, well, uh, Colin makes a comment to Lilith when, as she leaves. So, you know, they, everyone was observing the two of them, even though, you know, we're, we're just watching just like they are. So I guess you would say we're just like the audience. They're the audience just like we're the audience mm-hmm. watching these two characters interact. Yeah. So when she says they won't be going back to her place for sex, he's like, well, I thank you for your candor. It's like, you don't mean that. <laughs> he's like, you're right. I feel like striking you. <laughs> the, way, the way he says it so bitterly. And, and you know, how does she come? She, like, she, like, now you won't even give him that. She says his attempt at machismo is inadequate. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, you can't even make eye contact. And he's like, I could look at you if I want to. And throws out that he's tired of counting the comb marks in her hair. Hair, Here, yes. <laughs> which is the first of many jokes we will get throughout this show about about Lilith's appearance. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, so he excuses himself to the little boy's room. And I love. She's like, "Why does a grown man feel the need to euphemize?" And Woody's like, "Well, he drank that beer awful fast." Yes. <laughs> oh God! I like just every every 
bit of this part, like like any of these lines could be the home run, and I, yes. I will figure that out when I get to it. Um, <laughs> so she gets paged to the hospital. She's actually hoping that it's one of her manic depressive patients. Um, <laughs> so she's like, maybe then the night will turn take an upturn. And Norm was like, you gotta love her, don't you? Um, and then she's heading out. Like Carla makes a joke, like "No goodbye kiss," and Lilith just very flatly is like, "I kiss only as a prelude to passion." And Carla looks back at Frasier at Sam and says, "Like, well, we've been warned." Which <laughs> I love that line. But between between that line that Sam says and Norm's comment, like "You gotta love her," I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine they thought about it at the time, but it feels sort of portentous, kind of like the writing was on the wall that this character had to come back someday. Yes. Like I said, I, I don't know if they just, something maybe in the rehearsals, who knows that they they saw something between the two actors and they like, okay, there's something there. We're going to have to figure this out and uh, let's put it out there and see how the audience reacts to it. And I think the audience reacted well to it. Um, so I think they just, the writers went with it from there. Yeah. And maybe they're like, uh, you know, after this, like she goes off and wins a Tony. They're like, that, that, that woman's talented. Let's see if we can yes. bring her yes. back. <laughs> maybe, maybe we let her go too quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, so Fraser goes into Sam's office. He says to weep. Um, you know, Carla makes the suggestion that, for, like, Sam hook Fraser up with one of his girls. She's, she's like, someone more fun than Diane, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Diane thinks it's a bad idea, but Sam recommends this candy girl, and then we meet Candy, yes. and she uh, it's just so good. I mean, again, it's Candy with an eye, not with a Y. <laughs> oh, and the explanation for that, oh, that might be my home run. I'll, I'll, I'll probably save that for later. But yeah, the reason why she says Candy with an eye, um, but it's Jennifer Tilly, just the, the voice you know, and she's so bubbly and excited and just happy to be there and she's she meets Fraser she has she compliments him on his cute forehead and he says I've been told I have a cute anxiety and she even laughs at that I'm not sure if she would have gotten it but she laughs about it and like she Fraser goes to get him drinks and Cliff then gives the game away that this was a setup for Fraser and that makes Fraser feel even lower like they're just pitying him and so he goes off to basically end it with Candy before it's even started. He says he's not in the habit of fraternizing with women of her type. And I was like, oh, that might have been crossing the line. You don't know this woman. I mean, Sam told told you. And he, she's like, what type of woman is that? And he, he's like, well, you know, fun. And it's like, whoo, okay. <laughs> kind of diffused it a little bit. Um, and then they, they go off and everything like that. But I love it. Cliff, oh, the, oh, the, the subplot was Cliff and, and Norman Carla. Because Cliff goes, you know, Frazier turned down candy. If it were me, I'd be making her breakfast by now. And Carla just pops her head in like she was behind him, but he never saw her. She's like, I'm sure she'd prefer that to sex. Yes. And Norm's like, why do you open your mouth? And he's like, I didn't know she was there, Norm. We need to put a bell on her. Yes. Yes, and now come back around again. Later. It does come back again. with that bell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because later on, it's like, um, uh, where? Well, what was the line that I had? Oh yeah, yeah, something like they're like you know, then they're trying to talk like, what would he have in common with uh, Candy and Frazier? Like, yeah, or Norm goes, Frazier's a guy just like us. And Carla's like, there's one difference he's scored since the invention of the wheel. And like, Cliff just buckles down with Norm. He's like, it doesn't have to be a big bell, just as long as we can hear it. 
So what did you think? Like just the the first meeting of Candy. What did you think of her as a character in their first meeting? Well, I, as I said, uh, uh, Jen Fatilli itself, as I knew her style of acting and her character that is very similar to what she did on the show on Hill Street the year before. But I mean, as as a comedic actress, you could see it in her. She's got something in her, the way she can deliver her lines and everything. So I, I think it was a good, I mean, most of the women in the show that aren't regulars, you know, they, they have their one appearance. Um, but she is definitely, I would say one of the better women that of Sam's women's, um, that have been on the show. I think she's definitely up there. Actually, yeah. I mean, I don't think she ever. Well, okay. So the cl- the closest she gets, like when Fraser's like, "How about we go and get some food?" and she goes, "Oh, food, my favorite." <laughs> but other than that, I was trying to think. I couldn't think of like a line that really made her seem that stupid or like like really really kind of like you know dumb. Like if you compared her to somebody like Loretta, like Nick Tortelli's wife, like new yeah. wife or something like that. Like, yeah. No, I I think it's just like I said, it's that breathless acting style that Jen Fertilli has. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I, and they show that later that, you know, when they had their fight in Sam's office, you know, that right. what, uh, Frazier and Diane were talking and she says like, you know, I didn't understand anything they were saying except for whenever Sam was talking. <laughs> you know? So, uh, I, obviously she's not like super intellectual where, you know, these Oxford type words are coming thrown out that she knows what they're talking about, but she probably has some street smarts. Mm. Um, and she's probably been assumed to be a dummy, the character itself. And I think she's smarter than that, similar to Sam, but, um, which is why they probably hooked up. Um, and you know, I, I think it's in that realm, you know, where Mm. she's, not a, a ditzy blonde or a ditzy character. Uh, she's got some smarts in her because I think she knows how to manipulate men to the way she wants. Mm-hmm. So that does take some intelligence in that. Um, I, and I, think I, that's, think, I think that's probably that's true of Jennifer Tilly as a person. Well, you know, just yes. Because, I, of, I, because of her natural voice, the way she kind of talks, because of her exotic sexiness and just kind of like yeah. innate beauty and everything like I'm, I'm sure the roles that she was given probably the way she's been treated for most of her career but she's a smart woman she's also like a, a card shark like a like a poker player yeah. like sure her, her boyfriend or husband is like a professional poker player but like she was on one of those like in the early 2000s they had those like celebrity poker matches things where, where they got like TV and movie stars in these rounds Jennifer Tilly was one of the champs like she's good yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, she's actually her her dad was a poker player, mm-hmm. um, so that's why she had some knowledge. But then um, she got introduced to the world, and um, she became a better player. And obviously, yes, she is one of the uh, better female, or I shouldn't say female alone, uh, better poker players in in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, she's yeah. one. Um, She's won against the other women competitors. I know they just did broke it up into men and women, but she's played against uh, the men, and she uses that to her advantage because she'll wear some um, bustier type, <laughs> you know, tops and and kind of distract them. And and uh, yes, I think her husband is a, a poker player as well. I don't watch. I've seen the shows, but I don't watch it regularly. But yes. Yeah. They come back to the bar the next day. They're now engaged. Frazier says, thank God. Frazier says, I got so tired of thinking and dating at the same time. 
So um, they're they're getting ready. They have a justice of the peace coming in to marry them at the bar. It's great. I, I, I should have been. I shouldn't have been counting all of Norm's beers. I should have been counting the number of weddings that almost take place in the bar. That should, that should have been almost as much. Um, but Carla like sits down with Candy and she's like, you know, I, she I, she says she doesn't really care for Fraser, but she goes, as husband go, he's not that bad. He won't hurt you, and I think he'll always be faithful. And if he isn't, who cares? And Candy says, that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> and, and then Woody's contribution to the wedding is going to the piano to play Heart and Soul. Yes, over he, and over. Which he plays at like normal speed, which is a little bit up tempo. And they're like, Woody, I don't think that's quite right. He's like, oh, okay. And then he plays it again, but just slower. <laughs> it's just at a slow tempo. And they're like, eh, this kind of works as a wedding march. It's like, okay. And then Diane breaks the, oh, oh, God. Oh, man, maybe, maybe this would have been my home run. I don't know, because the, the JP says, if anybody knows why this man and woman should not be joined, let them speak now. And Diane says, I do. And Fraser yeah. just uh, right, he's like wrong, right phrase wrong wedding. Oh, yes, <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And then Diane drags them back into the office, and Sam's like, "Here, would he entertain them with your piano style?" And then he plays Heart and Soul again. And you missed uh, one part. I I did like uh, when they came back uh, and they told the bar that they were engaged. Um, Diane pulls Fraser aside to like. You know, try and talk him out of it. Saying like, you don't know this woman very long. You know, how do you want to get married? And Fraser says, No, that's not true. This is what we feel. And she's like, No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. You know, with a line. You know, it's that the way that uh, Shelly Long pushed that line out is just hysterical too. <laughs> You're no, wrong. No, like, not. <laughs> that's good. Um, so in the office, Diane calls them out for being caught up in their physical attraction, ignoring the differences, the personality, and Frazier and her start, you know, just going back at each other with their psychoanalyses, and Candy steps in with her opinion, and he, sh- he shuts her out. He's like, you were not put on this earth to think, and like a heartbeat later, he's like, holy crap, I can't believe I just said that to somebody, and he's apologizing, he knows he screwed up, and and then he, he's sort of realizing that, yeah, I don't, I, like, I the, the fact that I would talk to you talk about you that way it just shows that like they, Diane was right and and she's like I don't deserve you like she even feels kind of like guilty about it and it's like alright this okay you, you don't need to know more than um, what does he say I, I don't even deserve to like apply your nail polish or your toenail polish although it was the highlight of breakfast <laughs> so they go, they kind of like reunite and like they, they go out together, like, you know, just to vowing to, to get to know each other a little bit more. And then we have this little button on the scene with Sam and Diane reminding us that, oh, yeah, they are the leads. <laughs> it's not Frazier. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, you know, people are expecting a wedding. We better go make them happy. And she's like, what? And he's like, no, I just, I just meant serve them drinks. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought you meant. He's like, no, it isn't. And. So he's like, "What if if that if that was the question? Like, what was your answer going to be?" And she's like, "I wouldn't answer that question unless I got the question." He's like, "Well," then. and he kind of like he, they throw it off and they just start. He's basically just sort of rephrasing the question in order for him to go to bed with him, and it's a it's a cute little button at the end, the way their their little wordplay there. And he actually yeah, they, it actually ends with him sort of getting a one up on her, which is a rare feat. <laughs> right, it, it's more like a season one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it type ending to it, you know, where Sam's a little smarter. Mm-hmm. Trying to trick Diane into agreeing to what he is saying, you know, even though she's always trying to 
put one up on him. Yep. He still keeps sliding it in there. Like, I can make her say what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, like, the finale in the episode as a whole? I, I, like I said, it, it's a good episode. I, I chose this because of Lilith. Um, that's really why I chose it, just because I, being a long-time Cheers and Frasia fan, um, I wanted to call my shot and uh, be on the episode where a very important character gets introduced. Yeah. You know, I can't say it's not the best of the season. It's, you know, it's in the, I would say in the top 11, 12, somewhere in that range for the season. Uh, Cause there's a few others. I think they're really good this year. Um, but it, overall, as I said, uh, for my employee of the week is Frage. Uh, not Frazier, it's Frazier, don't you know? It's the, it's the fun Frazier. So um, he's my employee of the week, and I think um, this episode really, as I we mentioned and discussed earlier, that this is where the writers saw that. Let's, let's do something with this character. And they introduce another character that's somewhat intellectual as well, but not the same as Diane. Uh, let's get someone in there who's another doctor, but even weirder and never been influenced by anything in society <laughs> uh, and see how they would interact with each other. And I, I think, like I said, the writers saw the chemistry and you know, everyone, the people behind the uh, scenes saw the chemistry between the two actors and said, like, we have something here. So um, let's go with it. And I think that's really where it took off from there. I agree. I agree. It's one of the stronger episodes of the season, I think, and just like one of those episodes where just the writing of the Sherry Aiken and Bill Steinkellner as a as a writing pair, they were great. They end up getting married, um, and they wrote a lot of episodes for the show. And just yeah, like just such a rapid fire, such a quotable episode. I just thought like almost every line, every gag was really really good. Two phenomenal guest stars. Um, to, to kind of like funny, um, and and yeah, I agree. Uh, for Norm's tab for this episode, he had four beers. I'm not counting the glass of champagne that he had, but he had four beers, which brings him up to 345 for the series. And for the employee of the week, I, I agree. I mean, I, I did consider giving it to Lilith just for her guest stint, um, just for those few little minutes. Um, and, and that would have been, I think, justified. But yeah, this was a Frasier episode. He really, he took command of this one. He made it work, and he was great. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree about the Frasier. Uh, what do you think was your home run or your favorite gag or favorite beat in the episode? Well, there's a lot, as you said, there was yeah. a lot. We didn't even mention all of them. Uh, we didn't mention Norm's, uh, toast. Oh, yes. <laughs> His father said, thank God I'm not paying for this. You yeah, know? I had that in my uh, notes. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's that, that was number two. Uh, my number one, you did mention it, uh, was, uh, Jen Fatilli Candy's line. Oh, food! My favorite. <laughs> that would I use that still? <laughs> oh, food! My favorite. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's my home online. Those are good. Those are good. Those are so good. I think my favorite. Like I, I had so many runner ups, including like everything that Willis said could have been a runner up. Um, but I think it, my, I think my home run best part was when um, yeah she he says yeah candy he knows her, her necklace has her name on it he's a candy with an I and she says I used to spell it with a Y but no one ever took me seriously so I changed it to an I and she says she did it like Gandhi except she pronounces it Gandhi <laughs> she's like <laughs> like Gandhi and, and she kind of like settles in and Fraser just nods he's like yes I understand that's why he did it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nobody's going to take that guy seriously. <laughs> nobody, nobody would take Mahatma Gandhi seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Danny, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode. Uh, you called your shot and you've got a great one. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I know you don't have your own podcast, but you have appeared on the Fire and Water Network before. Would you like to tell our listeners where else they could hear you if they wanted to? Yeah, so like um, your fellow podcast uh, guests have been on there, Tim Price, he had a bingo card. I'm going to say I have a punch card. So now, thank you, Ryan, for giving my second punch card <laughs> uh, star, because uh, my first punch card was with Rob Kelly and being on MASHCAST. So I was on two episodes, uh, season uh, two episode of The Incubator, and then season three was springtime so if you want to go back um you can hear my uh love of mash with rob um so i'm very happy to be part of the network family um and i really appreciate you inviting me on to discuss the show with you um i have a twitter account if somebody wants to tweet with me um mostly if you i don't tweet at people or anything like that so but i'll i'm happy to discuss comic books movies tv shows sports uh i'm in all kinds of things like that so my uh handle is uh dsu n o one nine seven one so if you want to follow me uh but like i said i don't tweet at people as much i i more just kind of follow on or retweet other people's uh thoughts or agree with them you know and sometimes i have my own little trivia knowledge on things um very very cool yeah check out those episodes of Mashcast. again thanks danny for being my guest on this one and a big thanks to all of you out there who listen to cheers cast and support the show by liking and sharing on facebook favoriting and retweeting on twitter or leaving a comment on the website which you can find at fireandwaterpodcast.com you can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford Wright from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, as well as Monday Movie Muckabout, who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone out there, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. What's your name? Oh, uh, Dr. Fraser Crane. I'm Candy. Uh, yes, and so I see from your necklace. Candy with an I. Yeah. Well, I used to spell it with a Y, but nobody ever took me seriously, so then I switched it to an I. You know, like Gandy. <laughs> yes, yes, I understand that's why he did it. Mm-hmm.